0: Hi everyone, welcome to the show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include Mindfulness Coaches, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, the MD from OC Tenet, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is the Asia-Pacific Managing Director of OC Tenet. He has been intimately involved in the industry for 15 years and has witnessed firsthand the evolution in corporate thinking when it comes to workplace culture and employee recognition. Where once they were buzzwords and nice-to-have HR initiatives, now they are seen by leading organisations around the world as business imperatives that lay the foundation of their success. He has partnered with many of the largest brands across the region in a broad range of industries including banking and financial services retail, aviation, manufacturing, mining, and resources to help create thriving workplace culture. OC Tanner is an award-winning global leader in workplace culture and employee recognition whose purpose is to help people thrive at work. Their products and services help HR leaders improve their workplace culture so people feel appreciated and do their best work and want to stay. Please welcome my guest, Alan Hayward. Hi, Alan. Thank you for coming on to the show.
1: Adrian, thank you. Thanks for for having
0: me. You're most welcome. So for people who is not familiar with OC10, what exactly do they do and what is the challenge that it's trying to solve?
1: OC10 is a a leading global workplace culture and employee recognition company. We work with organisations across Asia Pacific and and around the world to enhance uh, their workplace cultures. Positively impact employee experience, retention, engagement, well-being, uh, their ability to attract talent, and, and ultimately, um, at the end of the day, I guess it's about their bottom line, improving their bottom line. We assist companies in in a variety of ways. We have insights to be gleaned from our annual Global Culture Report through our research institute. There's our consulting services, training curriculum. Creative services, and then there's our online and offline recognition tools that we provide, so that recognition can become a habit and appreciation becomes part of the organizational DNA. And that, you know, that is an important distinction that often gets confused, and that recognition is an act and appreciation is a, is a feeling. And at OCTANA, we we understand that there's a, a basic human desire to know what you do matters and that you're appreciated for it and it's these little things recognizing great work celebrating people's career milestones connecting people to their purpose at work they all make a difference in the in the workplace and 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 what we know is thriving workplace cultures set good and great companies apart and it's really the key difference between companies that thrive and if we think about where we're at with COVID and so on, it, it might be the difference between companies actually surviving.
0: That's really a very interesting proposition. I have so many questions to ask. But before that, may I understand how many people are you competing in this space? Because in the t- terms of recognition, I'm seeing quite a number of companies trying to tackle this problem as well. And importantly, what is your secret sauce?
1: What's our secret sauce? Well, there's a couple of questions in there. So there's it, depending on what part of the world you're you're talking about, but if we look about if we look at Asia and and Australia, Asia Pacific, there's there's a handful of competitors that are that are really directly in our space, but there's a number of organisations that would that would pretend. You know, there's a lot of uh, consulting businesses that might the mercies of the world and and so on. They've got reward practices that might suggest they play in this space as well, but. You know, I, I think our difference is our, our breadth of the breadth of our offering in terms of how we play. We're not we're not purely a technology player and we're not purely a consulting business. we we cover the range of the spectrum. But you know, if I was to talk about what how we different from most, I would say first and foremost, we're about people before profit. We're gonna thrive at work everywhere, wherever wherever they are and and whether they're employees of our clients or, or not, you know, our purpose goes beyond just who we are as a business and, and, and wanting to make profits. And that's one of the reasons we invest so heavily in research and developing best practices and then making that knowledge available to the wider community, like our Global Culture Report, where we invest heavily in that through the year and then we sort of give it away. Competitors can get access to it anybody can get access to it because we see our role as being bigger than just our business. It's also one of the reasons why I think we converted part of our manufacturing facility in Salt Lake City to to developing manufacturing providing it at no cost PPE or personal protective equipment, face shields and the like into some of the COVID hotspots over recent months because, you know, we, we, we want people to thrive at work and and that's not just about in good times, that's about, you know, when people's lives are at risk, I guess, to a degree as well. So, you know, we very much about purpose. And through our, through our long history of 90-odd years helping people feel appreciated, we know it works. It's, it's our expertise and our experience in enabling meaningful interactions through a variety of tools that we think inspires hearts, heads and hands, that delivers real impact and makes us different. And it, what I would say is there's a lot of companies that say they do recognition but very few that go as deep as we do and there are even fewer that do it well. And you know I would I would argue going back to your, the, the core of your question is to many of our clients we're seen as a valued partner. You know, not a vendor. And, and they're the partnerships, they're the sort of relationships we seek is where we can be a valued partner that provides meaningful recommendations to help people live their organizational core values and essentially optimizing the organization's competitive edge. So we, you know, we want to be a valued partner. We don't want to be a, a supplier, a vendor. Uh, we want somebody, that we want to be working alongside our clients to. To, to achieve business impact
0: for them. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. I so. And I really like the fact that you mentioned on the uh, appreciation aspect and how, how it makes people feel. I am always reminded of something that a friend of mine, he actually put this into his uh, LinkedIn headline. People don't remember what you told them. People remember how you made them feel. Exactly. And I, I, I completely... Uh, concur with what you shared about this and of course you mentioned about the research part which is which is something that I'm going to touch into a yeah. uh, little part but sure. before that what got you motivated and to be involved with OC Tanner to begin with?
1: It's a it's an interesting well I think it's an interesting story I hope listeners do as well but I, I spent my early career in in banking and in foreign exchange and and over over the years I I had many roles moving from those as, as an individual contributor to leading teams across, excuse me, <coughs> lots of um, different departments. I even had a two year stint running a retail travel shop for the world's oldest travel company, Thomas Cook, which I, I think has fallen on harder times. Not because I'm le- not because I left, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and and did I enjoy the time I spent in those roles in those companies? Yes, yes, I did. But I did I really feel connected to the company? Probably not. It was was probably a job and I enjoyed the job, but was I really connected? And back then, culture just sort of happened and I don't think people were really aware of the power of a positive workplace culture. And even the best companies, we are going back a few years now, even the best companies were much less intentional about the culture they wanted to create and the action that they'd take to get there. And I I was sort of this uh, at this inflection point in my career, and I was thinking about what was next for me. And I met somebody from this industry that I'm in now at a conference, and and found that through this conversation, things resonated really quite strongly for me. You know, I'd grown up in in my career. I knew there was something that made some workplaces better than others, but I, I wasn't really quite sure what it was. And all of a sudden. I felt like I'd found it. You know, joining an industry that was all about this role of recognition in improving workplace cultures, it felt like quite a natural move for me. And if I sort of fast forward to today, it's it's fair to say it's not difficult to get up to work each day. Helping other companies create good and and better work environments for their people, it's, it's pretty satisfying. You know, we've... I've got to work with some great organisations over the years. and For example, there's a, a major bank in Australia who we've worked with for almost as long as I've been in this industry, been through the ups and downs and the cycles that that occur inevitably, including the time that they, they had to respond to a judicial inquiry into the Australian banking sector. And I'm not sure if your listeners outside of Australia would know, but the Australian banking sector has been on un- under a pretty severe spotlight for some for some misbehaviour, I guess is probably the best way, best way to put it, by, by a very small po- small portion of the, the population. And but throughout the 13 to 14 years that we've worked together, and more recently during this pandemic, we've helped we've helped that major Australian bank remain focused on their people and reiterated the importance of organizational culture and connection. And that can and that, that relationship with that client continues to thrive because of our ability to flex with them and, and keep them focused on on what's important. So I, I'm not as hands-on now as, as the MD of APAC. I, you know, I'm not as close to many of our clients as I'd like to be, but but I've had a great opportunity to work with, with across many industries, some great organizations, and and, and knowing that helping those organizations directly impact their workforce and as a result their customers it's it's really quite a nice place to be so if I think back did I know then what it would be like now no but it was something that as I said felt quite natural for me when I um, when I heard about the industry and and, and been here 15 years.
0: Awesome. And the aspect of culture really cuts across a wide spectrum of the organization as pointed out in your 2021 global culture report uh, which OOCNA has recently published. Uh, could you share with us what are some key insights that leaders, especially in APEC should be aware of? So what are some of the key takeaways they could really get from the report?
1: Okay yeah, good question. But before I answer just a, a, a quick so this is our third annual global culture report. And, and just to provide some context for, for your listeners, this year we included APAC research insights from Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, South Korea, Philippines, and China. So very broad. So the, the, top, the top insights for regional leaders, I think they should be aware of, are issues of technology, inclusion, and, and leadership. And I'll, I'll, I'll dive into each of them just a, a little bit more. First one around technology, it's a pretty fascinating finding and that he, and that it relates to the fear of technology. And we found that employees do fear technology, but, but probably not the way most organisations think people fear technology. They don't fear technology itself, but rather how organisations go about implementing it and that the, the fear in employees is that tech will not form a seamless part of their everyday work experience. So it's something that dread, it creates complexity for them rather than simplicity. And and the done well technology should embrace and enhance the employee experience and integrate into the flow of work as part of a broader technology ecosystem, I guess. So that's the first one. The, the second one is a topic that, that's quite... I guess relevant in, in Singapore right now, if you if you look at the the uh, the press recently, and that's around inclusion. And you know, I, I know there's there's lots of things going on about you know the right for women to in Singapore to get paid at the right level, and, and which are all absolutely valid things to be arguing for. But you know, we, we found through the global culture report that this topic of inclusion is is quite relevant in organizational or culture and and importantly then inclusion is not simply we talk about diversity and inclusion and inclusion is not just the opposite of exclusion and what I mean by that is they're not just two sides of the same coin you can't you by dealing with inclusion you don't you don't deal with exclusion they are two things that need to be um, dealt with separately and we find that too often, D and I initiatives backfire because they are they lack a true understanding of what it means to create an inclusive culture. They're done more superficially, and therefore they're ineffectual and, and can have a, an adverse impact. So it's you know this this topic of for organisations to say inclusion and exclusion or diversity, however you want to, they are things that need to be tackled separately. They're related, but they need to be tackled separately. And I think I see Tanner as an organisation, manages diversity and inclusion quite well. But this distinction between inclusion and exclusion has has made me have a closer look at it. And I think it's critical that organisations do take a a closer look when you consider that when organisations create highly inclusive and low exclusion cultures there's a huge increase in engagement as well as an increase in other areas around how people feel about success, opportunity, appreciation, purpose, well-being and, and so on. Um, so it's something that, that organisations really need to embrace. Probably the, the, the third insight relates to leadership, really something really topical and but specifically about the need to develop modern leaders through the organisation. We think this will be a pivotal strategy and key to success over the coming decade. The Global Culture Report talks a lot about this topic, but just, you know, some summaries is and you know, what we found is that modern leaders have the most successful cultural and business outcomes. Our research tells us that modern leaders, are, they're, they're an effective, progressive, emotionally intelligent species who reject traditional leadership models of commanding, evaluating, gatekeeping. Instead, they focus on coaching and developing and empowering their people to do great work. And modern leaders are developed in in cultures that have integrated leadership development and responsibilities into everyday organisational life. So in in these sort of workplace cultures, you find all employees have an opportunity to to participate in leadership development, whether it's locally, globally, but you've got this, this equity piece that goes through. And leaders aren't just giving recognition to those employees that they feel are future leaders. Again, it's about fairness and equity. And employees also don't believe you don't you have to know the right people to, to be a leader. And interestingly, but probably not surprising, is that organizations that offer leadership development opportunities to all employees. See an increase in inclusion and a decrease in exclusion within the culture. Again, how these all of these topics of leadership and 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 success and and all the things you read about in the Global Culture Report, under within our talent magnets, these things are all interrelated and linked. But if I was to to sort of summarize what I think is one of the overarching themes from the global culture report and, and probably my biggest takeaway is that is that this that culture is about all the, the experiences employees have within your organization. They're interlinked, they influence each other. and that's why influencing culture requires so much more than standalone token initiatives and programs. It requires strategic intent and commitment and solid execution and and it because you need to go deep into influencing culture. And you know, I was thinking I was thinking about the Global Culture Report and there's a lot written in it about COVID and the, the times we're in. What would be interesting, I think, if you listen to, to know also is how organizations are going to come out of COVID. The, Know, into the new normal, whatever you want to call it, how they come out of it, is most likely, and how well they come out of it and how quickly they come out of it, is, is most likely going to really be determined by the culture they had going into COVID because our research has shown that companies that had thrived in workplace cultures prior to COVID have, have actually fared pretty well the sentiment of their their employees in their organisation has been pretty consistent between pre and now, whereas organisations that didn't have a thriving workplace culture going in have seen a significant uh, downturn in the sentiment scores of their employees. So COVID is not going to be the last major disruption we face. Hopefully it's the most major, but it won't be the last disruption we face. So I, I think... It's time for organizations to make culture a priority.
0: I am very intrigued by the research results that is presented in the report, looking at the part on COVID-19, the impact on COVID-19 on thriving cultures, even for companies that are thriving, it's already in a negative region, single digit. But when it comes to non-thriving, it goes as high as... Minus 52% yeah. on engagement, minus 53% on retention, and EMPS minus 63%. That's really huge. It for, is. for 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 companies, for people who are from companies that might be in a non-thriving industry, non-thriving culture, and they're facing this impact by COVID-19 right now. What what's your key advice for them? What's the first baby step that they should take okay. to Move towards a better culture and move towards trying to make full use of this opportunity and turn things around.
1: Okay. Yeah. Good. Good question. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with some pretty similar themes. But if to go at the most basic level, I think you know low hanging fruit is I think get real with the fact that employee experience is everything. Companies need to rethink their strategies and their investments with their employee at the core. For a long time, it's been customers at the core. Employees need to be at the core because they are about your businesses, about your employees. So products, services, innovation, performance, financial results, at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be linked to the type of culture you've got in your organisation and the everyday experience that that, that organisation created for their employees. So, And you know, no longer can you have an external brand and an internal brand brand or experience that are different you know the 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 brand needs to be the same and they need to be connected to the company employees need to be connected to the company uh, so much that they bring their whole selves to work and I think I think organizations need to acknowledge that there's going to be disruptions in 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 the future that are going to impact the employee experience so They should look to technologies to create flexibility and efficiencies in the workplace and just be mindful of of the process they go through to choosing technologies and implementing technologies is is, um, just as important as implementation itself. So that's probably the first bit of advice is, you know, get real with this employee experience thing. Second one is... As we've talked about is to mobilize more than ever mobilize around inclusion and also exclusion we've talked about the fact that research has shown that the more diverse and inclusive an organization is the more successful they are and you know the topic's heating up uh, expectations of employees has changed or is changed continue to change and no longer will superficial or token initiatives be accepted so Companies need to take action on both sides of that, both sides of that equation: diversity, um, I- inclusion, and exclusion. So, it, it, your listeners might say, "Well, you know, how do we do that? What does that mean?" It's about reimagining inclusion and how it impla- interacts with the employee experience. And some examples are you know, truly, pro- truly providing all employees with the same access to opportunities. Don't just talk about it, but really do it. Creating an environment where discussing diversity and inclusion with leaders is, is not taboo. It is, it is an open conversation. Communicating in a non-biased manner that appreciates all aspects of um, people's identity. Seeking to understand people rather than categorising people into, into groups or, or buckets. Representing opinions fairly within the organization's leadership. And then do all the things that an organisation that you can do to minimise those feelings of exclusion from roles or projects or promotional opportunities, and minimising t- times where people might feel, whether it be perceived or otherwise, but feel that there's been some discrimination. So I think there's some actions that it, that companies can take that could really create a significant impact on on their effectiveness and and their authenticity around around the the topic of inclusion and and diversity
0: and Can we talk, when we talk about a thriving workplace culture which would be the few companies that come to mind oc 10 <laughs> besides oc 10
1: yes so oc 10 is one and you know whilst uh Whilst it might be a little, it's probably not the best name right now because, it, you know, there's been some recent bad press, but Google for a long time has had a, a good workplace culture. Delta Airlines in the US, you know, Delta has gone through a, like, like airlines all around the world have gone through a massive hit over, through COVID times. But you look at the way, and yes, they're a client of ours, but you look at the way they've embraced their people, Open, transparent communication, authenticity, all you know, all the things that that go into making a, a, a thriving workplace culture have been present in those organisations. And culture, importantly, is not just about it's not about the the ping pong tables and the free food and so on. You know, it, if I was to describe to you what a thrive the way we think about thriving workplace culture. It's, it's one where employees have a strong connection to purpose, they feel like there's an opportunity to learn, grow and be successful, where their overall well-being is considered, where people are valued not just for what they achieve, but for the efforts they make and who they are as individuals, and most importantly, where those modern leadership approaches are, are abundant. So if you think about organisations that, that are like that, Delta certainly one of those. Google has been there in the past. Are they coming off that? Don't know. Asiatana is definitely one. And you know, I think if you if you think about a description of thriving thriving workplace cultures, there's a range of organisations that you could probably you could probably identify.
0: And with the pandemic, it surely has affected many businesses, including OC Tanner. And given that a thriving workplace culture does sound a lot of face time, a lot of interaction face-to-face with your people, how is OC Tanner and some of your clients might be handling this current situation to ensure that culture building is still ongoing despite the pandemic?
1: Yeah, well, I'll speak to how we dealing with the pandemic first, I guess, um, and then come back to our clients if that's okay. So we've certainly been impacted around the world. But what I would say is under the strain of COVID, we've continued to put our people first. And when I talked about, you know, one of our differentiators is we're about people for profit. We've continued to put our people first. Our APAC region was one of the first markets in our organisation to be disrupted. And we had to respond pretty quickly. We had to respond before a head office in the US. So first we had to ensure the safety of our people, making sure we had the technology in place to support our custom service teams to be able to answer calls from home. We had to pivot with our supply chains that were being impacted through a range of countries across Asia and and Australia and New Zealand where supply chains were being shut down. But I, I would say what, you know, What has helped us work through the pandemic is, when when it reached a global scale, our leadership team provided daily communication, which provided COVID information, updates about the business situation around the world, as well as wellbeing resources to help our individual employees cope during the lockdown. And still today, our global business communicate on a daily basis as we found it really important. So it's communicating on what's happening in our business, about being transparent, it's about caring for people. And and I always say that is one of the things that's really helped us get through. We've also maintained our cadence around celebrating the role of our people, that our people play in, in making OC Tano successful. And I think people have appreciated us staying committed to doing that whilst times have been tough. We've also, our research institute that produces the the culture report, they also acted pretty quickly to conduct weekly COVID-related pulse surveys to produce research for other organisations to utilise as they were navigating the situation. So, you know, we're still still, making decisions as, as we go. We're doing the best we can. There's no rule book, as we all know. There's no timelines prescribed. So we're we we using the information available to us. And I'd say for OC Tanner through COVID, under pressure, we've lived and stayed committed to our purpose, which is something I'm really proud of. If I was to then put the put answer your question from a our, our client perspective, we've seen really mixed results. And you know, if I think about just because you're a client of OC Tanner, doesn't mean. You, you believe in appreciation, recognition to the, the same degree that we do. We, we actually absolutely have some clients that do, but other clients, not so much. You know, what they, what they do with us is a bit more transactional in nature and they're not quite um, at the level of really, they are doing things, but they're not really embracing the full value of investing in their cultures. So we've seen organisations that have doubled down and have leaned into this as an opportunity to really, to really embrace recognition. And uh, a number of New York Presbyterian Hospital in in the US has, you know, there's there's pieces on our on our website or around that. But they have they have really taken recognition to another level as they have been um, dealing with all of their employees on the front line. Whereas we've got, we've got other clients that have what the, put what they do with us on hold. So it's a, to, some of it is to to do with their industry and how much you've been impacted. If you're an airline, you're just trying to survive. So, But even then, recognition is important, but the level of investment they've made and the, and the focus they put on recognition has maybe waned a little bit, whereas in other cases, organisations are really leaned in and that's certainly something we've been prompting. And we've found there's a lot of organisations we've been talking to about the role of recognition in improving and enhancing workplace culture for for a number of years. And it's actually brought forward some of those conversations, organisations that have realised they're not doing a good enough job of it. So it really mixed reactions to what's going on um, around COVID.
0: And as we head into the end of twenty twenty and going to twenty twenty-one, what's next on the roadmap for OCTAN?
1: What's next on the roadmap for OCTANA? That's a really good question. It's continued investment in our in our research. As I said, the you know the Global Culture Report, we expanded its breadth this year, in continuing to increase the the breadth of our research to provide greater insight to to companies around the world, continue to invest in our in our technology to, to support the, the programmatic elements of what we do with our clients. And, and I guess continue to work with, with companies to to learn what we can learn from the the last seven or eight or ten months that we've gone through and through the pandemic and and where a, a light has really been shone on what companies should have been doing for a lot, should have been doing anyway and and i think that's a bit of the silver lining of what we've gone through is we you know what we're looking to do is embrace what we've what we've learned and what other organizations have learned to open more doors to help more companies have employee bases that thrive at work on a daily basis through through strong cultures and, and workplace environments
0: and for people who is interested to learn more about OC Tanner and the Global Culture Report, where can it go to?
1: You can obviously visit our, our website, that's octanner.com. Um, you'll find our 2021 Global Culture Report there as well as lots of other useful information about our products and services, the history, white papers, case studies and, and lots more. We're also in the midst of broadcasting our virtual Influence Greatness Conference, um, which features over 60 speakers who share their workplace culture and recognition insights from around the world and really pleased to see some very strong representation in that conference from, from the Asia-Pacific region. And importantly for your, your listeners, they the, it's chunked down into bite-sized videos that you consume at your own pace. You know, It's on-demand. it's available from now until the end of the year and i'd certainly recommend it for every hr or ex professional but if i was to be really honest i'd say any leader would find elements of the the influence greatness conference valuable because at the end of the day culture is not a hr thing culture is, is something that belongs to an organization belongs to the leadership of an organization so you know, I think it's it's time for leaders across organisations to to embrace embrace what culture is about and, and the role it can play in helping them be better organisations.
0: Definitely. So, links to those that's mentioned will be added into the show notes. And to that, thank you so much, Alan. Thanks for coming on to the show. It has been a lovely conversation speaking with you.
1: Excellent, Adrian. Thank you. Thanks for your time.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoy this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Agent Tan Show.